I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Online podcast. Most people think of bodies as being collections of muscles. All muscles are wrapped in a tissue which is named fascia. And for those of you who don't understand this word fascia, uh, let me suggest that you think of an orange that you cut across the uh, equator and you see it and then divide it into many segments. Now the divisions between the segments correspond to the divisions in animal tissue that we call fascia. This is an interesting tissue that is largely collagen. And collagen is important to us because of its very special characteristics. Now, in the body, every muscle and every organ is enwrapped in fascia. Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my new friend, Mr. Mark Bell. Uh, Mark is literally one of the strongest dudes walking around on earth. Uh, he is, we get into the specific numbers of some of the lifts that he's had, but uh, something like squatted over a thousand pounds, bench pressed over 800 pounds, deadlift, uh, a freak ton as well. <laughs> Absolutely amazing and uh, has a really, really beautiful facility facility called Super Training in Sacramento, California. And I got to go out there and spend some time with him, uh, do some body work and uh, connect. And uh, just really, really amazing opportunity to get, to get to connect with Mark, to see just how much work he puts in to his craft and how much he cares was one of the big things that I, I took from it. That he really, really gives a darn about uh, people people, <laughs> you know, and people enjoying their experience with, with getting stronger. So, um, just really, really valued that experience with him. So thanks Mark. Uh, in this episode, we get into all sorts of fantastic information in relation to how to get stronger, how much is too much training, how much is not enough training, uh, get into some of the psychological components of some of the strongest guys in the world and, uh, much, much more. It has to be part of your life, you know, and that's, I mean, that's when I, people do seminars and stuff, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, um, if you want to be good at something, uh, it takes some effort, it might take some coaching, it might take some rubbing elbows with some people that are um, pretty good in, in a particular sport. Yeah. Uh, however, if you want to be great at something, it take the greatest effort of your life, and it's going to consume you, it's going to consume uh, every moment of nearly every single day. Yeah. That's what my days are like. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you'll find hundreds of free videos on self-care and functional movement. You can find the self-care kit on there. And as well, coming up, I have uh, just finished filming complete guide to functional movement in your home and uh, self-care practices. So I'm really super excited about that. 
It is filmed in a beautiful, beautiful mansion-esque house out in the woods here in Bend, Oregon, and uh, just fantastic scenery and information, and I think you guys will get a kick out of it, breaking down how to move functionally, move with integrity in every aspect of your life. So this is one of the things that I get all flustered about, is seeing people invest all this time and energy into going to a gym, getting swall for 45 minutes, and then coming out of there and collapsing into their car and walking with a gait pattern that's perpetuating some kind of knee dysfunction or foot thing or lacking any kind of gluteal activation in their hip. All these things that we're practicing over and over again and then we expect for ourselves to all of a sudden come back into integrity just from going to the gym a few days a week. Not gonna happen. I would say it is um, an impossible fight if that's the way that we're fighting it. So the whole intention of the video series is to to uh, integrate functional movement into 100% of our life. We can do this, people! That will be, should be up in about a month, I would say. We've done some editing and such, and then uh, we'll get it, get it out there. So I hope you guys, hope you guys dig it when it comes out. Um, thank you so much for reviews on iTunes. Those are fantastic. They mean the world to me. Greatly appreciate that, and they also help the algorithms in the, in the uh, iTunes world. I have a quote that uh, Mark actually mentions a similar version of the quote in the podcast, and that's where I got it, so I went and looked up, see where it came from originally. Maybe it came, I don't know where it came from originally, but the internet says that uh, this specific quote, if you walk with the lame, you will develop a limp, is how that one goes. If you walk with the lame, you will develop a limp. That's Louis Simmons. and. Uh, Really super, super poignant, especially in this moment in my life as I'm uh, heading down to Los Angeles. I've been down to Santa Monica here in like five days, six days. I'm going to be driving south, stopping through San Francisco, linking up with the people, doing some podcast stuff, and then heading down to uh, Santa Monica for the winter. So my whole intention with that journey is to meet the most wonderful people that I can find in La La Land and uh, just become more and more inspired and hopefully maybe in, even inspire some people along the way. And so that's the plan. Really just maybe taking some time, everybody, and observing the catalog of individuals that we spend time with. Are they bringing out the best in us and are we bringing out the best in them? I think it's really important to look into that and really not just aimlessly go through life and kind of just hang out with people just because they're around, but um, not be afraid to maybe cut people out of your life. I think we have this fear, and I don't maybe it's like offending people or whatever it may be, but if someone doesn't make you a better version of yourself, I think it's time to stop spending any energy in that relationship. I think people only have so much energy that we can invest into relationships, so we need to make sure that we are just aware of who and what we're investing ourselves into. That's uh, Robin Dunbar, the anthropologist fella, came up with the Dunbar's number, uh, 150 individuals he says is about the we start to max out with how much a individual is able to maintain steady stable relationships with once we get beyond that things get a little funny which is kind of an interesting time with social media and such where we have like eight billion friends in quotations I think it's a interesting time to to be in existence here with that and thank you so very much for utilizing the Amazon portal on the right-hand sidebar of the podcast page and the blog page. Uh, every time you get on Amazon to purchase anything, which you could 
pretty much get anything on there. Um, if you utilize that link, uh, nothing changes for you at all. You just purchase your crap through that bookmark it. So anytime you go into Amazon, use it, give it to your friends. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, the Elon Podcast Foundation gets about 7% of that purchase. Saw someone a couple days ago or so bought a catalytic converter for their vehicle. It costs like 400 bucks. So I got 7% of that. It's awesome. Costs you nothing and it's just, it's just great. So amazing way to support the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, another thing that I have on there, I got, I've gotten several people asking me about uh, recommended reading and books that we mentioned in the show and such. And so I started a Amazon portal on the website again, same thing, right-hand sidebar, that you can see it's, I think it's like Aaron's recommended reading and tools. And so click on that and it'll take you to a library. And what I did with that, I essentially went through my library. I haven't gotten all the books quite yet, but uh, got a, a good percentage of them and just took all the looks, the books that are off of my shelf. And then I am also gonna create a section uh, specifically devoted to authors from this show and including their books on there. So you can get all that information to uh, stimulate your brain function. I think that might be it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go, back to the show, Mr. Mark Bell. Align Podcast. You start fucking going. Just yeah. start fucking We're going. going. We started already. Yeah, it's already all started. Um, Everybody, welcome to the, the, Align podcast. Pod, the Align Podcast. There we go. We're here on the Align Podcast. Uh, I guess the thing that I wanted to, to learn from you coming mm -hmm. out here was how to get stronger. There you go. Can you break down some of like your your bigger lifts just so people have a sense of, of like what what you do? Sure. Uh, just to clear things up a little bit. Uh, so <clears throat> when somebody says that they power lift or somebody says that they bodybuild or somebody says that they uh, Olympic lift, they are, you know, just doing the lifts. And it's important to make the distinction between uh, being like a full-time powerlifter and uh, that being your bread and butter versus uh, you doing deadlift squats, benches here and there to gain some strength. And the reason why it's important to distinguish those things is not to ostracize anybody and not to say, hey, you can't play our sport, uh, but it is to get a better picture of what your goals actually are. Mm -hmm. You know, for you, it sounds like you want to obtain more strength, but you don't want to lose a lot at the cost of like losing a lot of other capabilities of your health, of your mobility. Is that sort of correct? It is correct, but I'm not worried about losing anything. I think by getting more strength, I'm right. just going to get more. Oh, there you go. More better. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, also, too, in respect to each sport, you know, like uh, the amount of time and the amount of effort that's put into it, I hear, like, especially when it comes to bodybuilding, I kind of hear it more with bodybuilding than anything else where people are like, yeah, you know, I did some bodybuilding. It's like... Uh, <laughs> I don't think you understand how hard bodybuilding really is. And if you ever did a bodybuilding workout with a professional bodybuilder, then <laughs> then, then uh, you would have a better understanding of how brutal that is. Seriously. Uh, but the distinction is important to me because, you know, the people, the men and women that spend, you know, um, five, six hours every day trying to dedicate themselves towards Olympic lifting or towards powerlifting or even towards something like CrossFit or whatever the trade is or whatever it is they're doing, uh, I always like to try to give respect to that and just say, you know, if I'm going to try to practice something new, I'll just kind of say that, you know, I'm kind of diving into it and uh, don't know what the fuck I'm doing for a little while and sure. just trying to, you know, end up with some uh, different results, I guess. Uh, my lifts uh, in terms of uh, powerlifting, uh, bench squat, deadlift, uh, 
uh, you know, years ago I competed in powerlifting gear, which is supportive powerlifting gear, which gives you assistance. And uh, that was what was popular at that time. There really was no raw powerlifting at the time. So I just did what everybody else did. And uh, it was very successful. I squatted 1,080, bench pressed 854 pounds, and deadlifted 766 pounds. That's right. It's an 854-pound bench press. So, But, you know, it is important to also point out that the power of the gear does give you assistance. And uh, if people get very confused by it. But, again, that's the way the sport was. There was bench shirts and squat suits and power of thing briefs and all these things to, uh, to give you assistance uh, during the lift. Uh, raw, without that stuff, um, my best squat is, is – uh, uh, I did 650 pounds kind of more recently. I won't count anything that I did uh, too long ago. Um, and then I also did a 578-pound bench and uh, uh, a 699-pound deadlift. Didn't quite get to 700 yet, um, but I'm hoping to um, go over that in March. So my, my goal is to uh, put everything I possibly can into these last – these are this, these are. I'm at the end, I'm at the end of days here with powerlifting. I'm I'm. Uh, you're entering into the sport and starting to get more into powerlifting, and I'm uh, exiting uh, stage left uh, to get the hell out of here because uh, I've been doing it since, since I was 12. I'm mm-hmm. going to be 40 okay, next yeah. month. December 10th is my birthday. Don't forget to send me a card, That's you son great. of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the goal is to squat over 700 pounds, bench press over 600 pounds and uh, a deadlift over 700. So get a 2,000-pound total uh, right off into the sunset on whatever woman's in the crowd, and that'll be <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. My Andy's my wife. I was kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> so how, right here. how much... Oh. oh, I was noticing that. She's beautiful. Yeah. I was... Um, how much time does a person need to put in to get strong? You know, that's like something, I think that's a, that's a, mm-hmm. a, a kind of a timeless debate. Like somebody's right. like, 30 minutes should be out of the right. gym. Or like right. a lot of people are like, I'm in the gym pretty much all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the uh, no one ever likes to talk about the truth. Um, the ugly truth of the gymnastics instructor that you go to that can, you know, very easily pull off these moves that you cannot figure out for the life of you. Or the uh, swim coach who, you know, is able to, to show you these flip turns and these different things. Uh, the truth is, is they spent a lot of fucking time right. doing those things. Um, and occasionally you run into somebody who's gifted who can pick up something a little faster than normal. Uh, however, uh, something that is unique to strength training is um, you don't have to spend as much time with it as you may think uh, per day. But it's a very, very long process. It's a very long-term thing. So... If you went in the gym every, you know, every day for six hours for uh, a year, obviously, like that's going to produce some results. But you would probably even get better results if you did it for three years and you spent about an hour, three or four times a week. Right. Um, the longevity is going to really pay off. And some of the strongest lifters in the world, while there are some of the young guys right now setting the world on fire and power thing, are normally around my age. They're normally 35 plus. Um, a lot of a lot of men and women uh, powerlifters are in that age. There's something about the maturity, um, man strength, old man strength. That's yeah, what it yeah. Is. <laughs> it's that dad. It's that dad bod. Exactly. Getting that uh, getting that strength, and so that's um, you know to, to answer the question more specifically. Uh, some like I don't think anyone should be intimidated by the time commitment that it may take, yeah. um, because. 
uh, as I've taught at many seminars before when I teach CrossFit um, at, co- at CrossFit gyms or or um, whenever I try to coach somebody who may uh, like to do other sports, they yeah. might like to do other things. Maybe they like to hike a lot or maybe they like to do marathons. A little bit goes a long way. And so if you can simply sort of front load the beginning of your workouts uh, with some powerlifting type movements, then you're going to be ahead of the game and you're going to you're going to make progress. Um, there's no rule in powerlifting that says you have to do 10 exercises every day. Mm. You can get away with doing one or two as long as there's a time commitment put into the amount of uh, total reps and sets that you did. There's either volume, intensity, or frequency is uh, turned up a little bit. Um, but there's no rule that says that you have to do leg extensions, leg curls, calf raises, in addition to uh, doing your squats, lunges, step-ups. You don't have to do that many different exercises. Um, it could be as simple as uh, you're going to do a lower body workout for the day, and you start your lower body workout with some squats, and you do four sets of five reps, uh, working up to a weight that is going to challenge your technical limit. Um, challenging your technical limit, to sum it up, simply means if you do four sets of five reps that you're going to do 20 reps for the day rep number one and rep number 20 should look the same right they should not look all that different from each other there is a tiny bit of degree of breakdown that we'll accept um but it shouldn't look like it shouldn't look like you're throwing up in a toilet every time you do a squat right and you shouldn't look like a dog shitting on the front lawn every time you're doing a deadlift so those last reps of each set, they shouldn't, shouldn't be falling apart. And uh, that is plenty of work to be able to get stronger. Now, you know, do you want to add in some like bent over rows or shoulder presses or some of the many great exercises that have been around for years and years? Of course, uh, adding in a little bit of assistance exercises will help. But literally at that point, once you've done the main movement, you've done one other exercise, you could start to move into anything that you would like and uh, you'll still be able to make strength gains with no problem. Yeah. So I, we were talking about before, like, like building a, we didn't use this analogy, but building, building a, what is it? Putting a cannon in, into a canoe. Right. You know, so that I think is something that can happen when you're doing, mm-hmm. when you're doing real heavy isolated lifts. I think if you are doing isolated lifts, it makes sense in my mind if you're doing some type of rehab, you're trying to recruit like the muscles in that area in a specific way, or whatever it may be. Like, okay, I get it. But if you're really doing strength yeah. and leg extensions, I feel like that's going to potentially set you up for injury or disaster. Yeah, yeah. and well, and, and uh, it doesn't matter what the exercise is. It's just that you can do too much of a good thing. You know, you could do too much of, of any one thing. And what you often see, and you know this as being, it seems like you're a person that has what I like to call fitness ADD a little bit, yeah. where you want to try everything, right? Yeah, you're yeah. excited and uh, emotionally charged by everything. So I'd imagine if you were in a gym and somebody was doing something on the gymnastics rings, you'd be like, fuck, I, gotta go, I wanna go try that. And then if you saw somebody squatting, you'd be like, I wanna go over there and try that. Yeah. You see someone on the bench with uh, benching some uh, chains or something, that you're excited and, and motivated by that. And so there's a lot of people that are in that category. A lot of people wanna try to maintain or even improve some of the things they were able to do as a kid you know you think as a kid like they're they're literally like hardly anything that you couldn't do right and as you get older and as you get uh joint integrity starts to wear down and things like that then you start to lose a lot of those attributes um but i think i think uh you know i read an article years ago where the guy said 
um, that he wants to run the same uh, 40-yard dash that he did when he was in high school. Yeah. And the guy had just turned, like, 40 years old or something like that. And I was like, that's the weakest fucking thing I ever heard. What's the guy talking about? Yeah. I read I read the article when I was, like, 19, you yeah. know. Now I understand what he's talking about. That makes a lot of sense. He basically is saying he wants to ha- still have some of those attributes, still have some of those skills uh, as he did as a kid. And I think that you can overdo anything. And what I see in powerlifting, what I see in bodybuilding, what I see in CrossFit is the people in those sports are doing the sport way too often. I'm guilty. Right. Guilty as charged 100%. If, uh, however, if you were to take me out of my element and say, Mark, I know that doing this for a year is going to make you really fucking strong. I would say get the fuck away from me because then I'm out of my comfort zone. No, no, I, I got it. I have to do. You hear people say that all the time. I have to do this. It's like yeah. you don't have to do that. That's what you chose to do, and that's what you're comfortable with. That's okay. But I think that people should understand that for any powerlifter, if they were to, um, if they were to diet half the year, lose some weight get in better shape um, for those of the guys that are big. Um, or if they were to, the guys that are already in shape, if they took time to add muscle and took time to bodybuild and for six months and didn't squat, just maybe they do leg presses and um, other movements, switch it up, yeah. walking lunges, right. weighted step-ups. Um, or just go to Hawaii and <laughs> yeah, yeah, just well, just <laughs> that's not a bad idea too. Yeah, chill out for a week or two, right? right. <laughs> Take some fucking time off. As Bill Burr says, you fucking won. Yeah. Go the fuck home. You ever heard that skit yeah. before? He's like, you're already jacked. He's yeah. like, you already fucking beat everybody. Go home. Right. Um, but I see that very often in our sport, and you know, here at Super Training, we're we're very aware of that. But again, like you can't get out of your own way sometimes because you're so into what you're doing. Yeah, you're so obsessed with it. Well, it's getting into the art of it. You know, and I right. think that's that's when it becomes really addictive is when you really become consumed by the movement. You right. know, and it's not so much about if you if you're looking towards the results and like I just want to be jacked and like have right. biceps and be ripped and stuff. Right. That's really it's a it's a limited outlook. You right. know, and it's not sustainable. Right. You know, so I, it's to get to a, a place where you're at. I think you have to be totally consumed or fascinated by just. The motion and the feeling and the sensation yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. You have to be, it has to be part of your life, you know, and that's, I mean, that's when I'm, people do seminars and stuff, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, um, if you want to be good at something, uh, it takes some effort, it might take some coaching, it might take some rubbing elbows with some people that are um, pretty good in, in a particular sport. Yeah. Uh, however, if you want to be great at something, it'll take the greatest effort of your life, and it's going to consume you. It's going to consume uh, every moment of nearly every single day. Yeah, that's what my days are like. Yeah. Time I wake up, time I go to bed. Talking about strength, and here we are at seven p.m. or Goddamn something like 7, that. Seven o two p.m. Seven o two p.m. I started the day at uh, you know around six o'clock. You know, starting I, talking about strength. I so. greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no problem at all. Yeah. Um, so I, so tangible somewhere for selfishly for me, um, how would you, it's all about you. That's what this podcast is all about. I figure if it's helping me, then it's probably going to help somebody else. Should we say this off the air? Maybe, maybe we shouldn't be saying this right. Um, but is uh, like breaking down specific. How many times should I deadlift in a week? How many times should I squat in a week? If I want to get to my strongest, I think that's something that I'm like, yeah. I'll give you the worst answer ever. Perfect. It depends. Of course, yeah. Uh, no, uh, 
I, I'm a firm believer that uh, you can get stronger with doing it one time a week. Cool. Um, there's many, many ways to get stronger, and there's many people that have squatted and deadlifted and benched uh, multiple times a week, two, three, sometimes nearly every day, yeah. a particular movement. Uh, however, where I would challenge some of that is <clears throat> um, you want to try to start to figure out what's optimal. And if I can get better at something, um, I, I done jujitsu uh, before when I, you know, some, I don't know, 15 years ago, mm. took a few classes, uh, did it for, you know, a handful of months. I only went once a week. Yeah, it's not happening. I wasn't able to execute hardly anything. I could get out of stuff. I couldn't put people into stuff because jujitsu... Uh, is not that type of sport. It doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. In order to really learn it and to be in tune with it, um, you you have to go every day for at least a while for it to be embedded. And I don't, you know, maybe two years or something like that would be a, a minimum prior requirement to be able to remember some of it's the whole language metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Back to yeah, you're trying to learn a new language, and and uh, if you practice it once a week, that's going to be uh, very difficult to to try to remember. And so, um, you know, when we're when you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about strength and you're talking about trying to put it all together you have to you have to be able to um you have to be able to you know continually uh you know do something um in a you have to continually do something uh from one week to the next but you don't have to in strength you don't have to if you do something every day you have the tendency to be able to wear yourself out. So mm. we have frequency, which is how many times a week you work out. We have intensity, which is how much weight is on the bar, not uh, how loud you crank the music <laughs> and how much you smash your head on the bar. Um, so, so with those those variables, uh, the frequency, the intensity, we also have volume, how much overall work you did for the day. Again, using that uh, four sets of five is 20 reps. 20 reps times the amount of weight you lifted, that's the overall tonnage that you lifted for the day, that's your volume. Yeah. Over a period of time, you want that volume to increase. Some people believe by increasing the frequency that you can increase the tonnage that you move per week and therefore you can get stronger faster. So there's, some, so there's, some, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of different theories, um, but uh, I, I believe that you can get stronger doing it once a week. Some of the best ever in the sport have done it that way. And, um, you know, what's more optimal to only have to do something once a week or to have to do it every day? Yeah. So if you're only doing it once a week, what do you do with the rest of the week? Are you working on general type movements just to keep yourself human or is it? So that's actually a great question. There's, um, man, there are so many different ways to do all this. There's been lifters uh, in the 70s that would bench squat and deadlift on the same day. And the rest of the week they would rest pretty much. They might have one or two other training sessions where they did uh, more assistance type exercises. Um, one lifter in particular I'm thinking of, uh, he would do, you know, on the weekend, he would do his, ma- his main lifts on the weekend. Um, he would vary the focus from one week to the next on what was the most important lift. So basically which lift he would go the heaviest on. But he would uh, squat, bench, deadlift every single weekend. And in between that, on a Tuesday and on like a Thursday, uh, he might do some assistance for his upper body, some assistance for his lower body, and he just start the whole thing over again. There's a lot of different ways to move things around. My suggestion would be to go uh, with a split where 
you put your squats on one day, your benches on another, and your deadlifts on another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're starting to spread things out over the course of a minimum of, th- of three days a week. Um, and then working out is as simple as thinking about the movement um, from kind of a joint perspective and thinking about the movement just simply from a movement standpoint. Um, where's the breakdown? You know, when you go to do something like a deadlift, where do you seem to struggle the most? Yeah. Uh, and so where do you seem to struggle the most answers the question of what do I do next? When you go to do a movement, when you go to do a bench press, do you stall halfway up? Do you stall towards the lockout? You know, where are you stalling is going to help determine what's next. Um, same thing with a squat. If you're really dying, you know, trying to come up out of the bottom of a squat, you're going to have to figure out what are some exercises. It could be as simple as you literally just figuring it out yourself, playing around with stuff yourself. Um, you were working on me earlier and uh, that was kind of your comments was like fucking move around yeah you know <laughs> you know just yeah just fucking how's it feel that feels pretty good you right. know uh literally move around move around with some weights yeah you go to do a squat and you tilt forward a lot in the squat is it a possibility that a good morning or a stiff leg deadlift may help mimic that a little bit and may help help you kind of pull out of some of those faulty positions uh, it's definitely a possibility um, that it, that it could help. Having a stronger lower back, I mean, the difference between someone who's really strong and somebody who's weak is is typically we're just talking about their lower back strength because that solves both the problems in the squat and the deadlift. Right. A strong back for a squat and a strong back for a deadlift are not necessarily the same thing. Um, but you know, Eddie Hall, who's on the cover of Power Magazine, is worth kind of glancing over at it here. He. Um, with 1100 pound deadlift i mean it's just it's not possible that the guy can't squat 700 pounds for reps right um whether he's the strongest squatter in the world i don't know but having a strong back is really something that's going to help and so on um, you know you can there's ways of trying to spread things around you can take your uh, here at super training the way that we have it laid out um is that every tuesday and every saturday is our lower body days um Normally on both of those days, I do something for my lower back once the main movement is done, even if the main movement has to do with my lower back. Even if the main movement is actually deadlifting, I'll probably do another form of deadlift as the second movement. Mm. Uh, To make things even, uh, to simplify things even further, if I am simplifying them, I might be complicating them, but uh, simplify things even further. Here at Super Training, we use what I call a secondary barbell movement, uh, which is fantastic because it normally doesn't require you to move anywhere. You can stay on the same piece of equipment and just keep jamming on that. So an example of a secondary barbell movement would be you just finished doing some deadlifts. You did uh, three sets of three and worked up to a pretty heavy weight. Uh, once that was completed, you stayed in the same damn spot. You just lowered the weight and you did uh, some bent over rows. You know, uh, on the squat, maybe when you're done with your regular squats, maybe do some, some pause squats. Yeah. Um, on the bench, when you're done with your bench, maybe you do some close grip bench, or you throw in a slingshot, or 
you uh, add some resistance bands or chains to kind of help change the strength curve a little bit. Yeah. I wonder, so one of the things I talk to people about almost every time I talk to somebody is it, the, the relationship of how our physical movement is a representation of how we're thinking and feeling and, you mm-hmm. know, all that, all that deeper right. stuff. And so I wonder, in your experience mm-hmm. being around, like, the biggest, strongest dudes in the world, right. do you see any kind of psychological patterns with people or maybe even, like, void filling that could exist where mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't get enough of this, but now I'm the strongest man in the world? <laughs> or do you feel like it's all pretty balanced in that oh world. fuck yeah i mean no there's 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 <laughs> plenty of that go- i mean the, the whole thing you know it all it all runs very very you know you know we're big tough guys or whatever but right. it all you know uh it all runs much deeper than yeah. just what you see people lifting weights it's uh it, each guy is different some guys are more intense than others but literally whenever whenever we're talking about self-improvement it's sort of the middle finger to everybody else saying, I can make something of myself. I can make myself better. And on a more positive note, it's it's more of you because it's, as we mentioned earlier, it's just about you. Uh, it's, it's always about yourself. Yeah. You know, and as selfish as that may seem sometimes, self-improvement is, uh, it is something that the only way to really uh, work towards that is for you to continue to prove to yourself time and time again that you can do something yeah. and to have positive relationships with those things that we're trying to do. If you are a cyclist and uh, you want to get better at that and you're kind of new at it and all you have is bad relationships with every time you go out on your bike something fucking terrible happens that's going to be really hard to be good at that sport. Right. Um, and maybe you'll end up doing something different. Um, so it's important that you can prove to yourself that you belong in that sport and that you can improve upon it. You mentioned earlier, you know, kind of every time you get to about four plates in a deadlift, yeah. starts to feel a little iffy. So even if I coach you through it and I, and I show you stuff and you start to feel stronger, it's still ultimately you lifting the weights. You're still going to see those four plates on there. And when we put four plates on there and, and a 10, you're going to say, fuck, this is kind of that danger zone I yeah. get into. It's going to be about you proving to yourself. So you go through some training and you start handling 365 easier. You're like, wow, that was pretty light. You know, it felt pretty good. You do 385 for a couple reps. Okay. Yeah. You do 405 for a few singles that day. And you're like, fuck, well, okay, everything felt good. Next week, 410, you know, week after 415, and so on. And, you know, over a period of time, you really uh, proved yourself uh, that you're able to do it. Yeah. How often do you get to a point where you just don't give a shit and just like, oh, I don't, why, I'm strong enough, you know, like, why would I go to the gym today? Like, what, or, or is that, does that never happen? <laughs> How do you yeah. dig yourself out of those moments where it's like, I don't really feel like it right now? You know, uh, there's there's not a lack of motivation on my part with the gym because the gym is is something that I uh, <clears throat> I love a lot of the things that come from the gym. Uh, so it's not. Sometimes people will say, "Oh, what motivates you? What keeps you going to the gym? What keeps sure. you training? Like, or why do you even care? You're successful. Who gives a shit?" Right. right. <laughs> um, it's again, it's about uh, the greatest. Uh, the greatest respect you can ever earn 
is self-respect. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm chasing this 600-pound deadlift, and people are like, well, you have this invention, you have these products, and you're wealthy, and things are going really good. It gives flying fuck about benching 600 pounds. <laughs> Again, it's about self-respect, self-improvement. Um, it's it's about, you know, the, the we throw around the term jacked and tanned. The, the term jacked and tan is a just a reference to, you know what? I can fucking do it all. I can figure it all out. I can I can be strong when I want to be strong. I can be lean when I want to be lean. Yeah. I can have fun while I'm training. I can make jokes and I can still train. We can laugh in here and have a good time. Um, you know, we can lift heavy and laugh louder and just there. There's no reason that we need to. Um, you know, be so like militant towards it. Sure. Um, but it is, there's, there's never a time where there, there are times where I don't necessarily, uh, want to go to the gym. Yeah. You know, um, the scheduling of the gym is a weird thing and it's a, it's a made up thing. You know, it's 100% made up and there's not like yeah. somebody could say, Oh, there's some science, you know, 48 hours or there's 20, science to almost every day, every hour of the day. I found. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really doesn't matter whether you trained on Tuesday or whether you trained on Thursday. But we're accountable here at my gym because the team is here, and so uh, we show up for these certain hours. Um, not always just for ourselves, but even uh, for the betterment of the team. Um, but if I had my choice, every once in a while, I would say, "Fuck Sunday! I don't want to come in. You know, yeah. I want to just chill with my family. I want to hang out with my kids. I want to hang out with my wife." Um, but the what keeps me going, what keeps me locked in, is the agreement to myself mm. about some of the goals that I have. So mm. you can't tell someone that you're going to bench 600 pounds and then be fucking around all the time. Yeah. You're going to have to buckle down and get the work done. There's a certain amount of work that's going to have to happen for you to be able to do that. And there's also going to be some failures that probably come your way. Yeah. Um, I missed 600 pounds once. I tore my pec with it. The second time around, I was uh, getting really fucking strong. I was throwing around 505 like it was chump change. I did a fourth rep with it, and I went to do a, a fifth rep with it, and uh, slightly tore my pec again. And so we do give up, cry. Like it's uh, what it does. It gives me an opportunity to tackle a greater challenge, and it gives me an opportunity to step back. To meet guys like you that might give me, you know, who knows what advice I'll take from today yeah. and learn um, and be able to implement into some of my training. Charles Pulliquin was here today. Ed Cohn has been here before, the greatest oh, cool. powerlifter of all time. Nice. Uh, and I learned from everybody. There's, you know, whether it's, um, you know, somebody like Tim Ferriss, who is a social media monster and guru, and, um, you know, he, he's not a strength guru he's not really in my world in terms of powerlifting um but he knows a lot about health and fitness he knows a lot about you know herbs and he knows a lot of shit that i don't know and so why not use those resources to make you better but when you set a goal you can't allow stuff to knock you off track from that goal and that's what uh that's what allows me to not be sidetracked and not not uh not end up skipping any workouts yeah i find the times that i feel like i'm gonna you know kind of like spin off into not giving a damn so much (laughs) is um if 
I think like a lack of responsibility actually. Right. You know, it's, it's having, being responsible for your family or being responsible mm-hmm. for the gym or being responsible for, you have that right. competition coming up. Right. You know, wherever that thing is, by having that, it puts you into this place where like you actually have a reason to be there. But right. I think it's, it's, a lot of people it's like, sure I'll get stronger, but what, who, who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, uh, you know, uh, I heard something amazing today. Uh, fuck, I wish I could remember who it actually came from. Uh, but basically, it, it's a theory of... <laughs> so when you uh, when you lose, you have uh, eight minutes. You got eight, eight minutes where you can fucking work it out. Right. When you lose at something. Right. And <laughs> you get double that amount of time for a victory. Huh. So if, if you lose, this goes to anybody listening to this podcast, anybody out there that loses on anything or gets disappointed by anything, you got eight minutes to fucking work that shit out and right. get it over with, get it out of your system. Right. Victories, only celebrate them for 16 minutes and get back on your horse and get back to work because the failure is right around the corner right. You know, if you're going to be celebrating it for too long. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was yeah. a good way to kind of stay even keel. Yeah, go ahead and celebrate it, but don't be celebrating it for too long. Sure, yeah. When you So if you tear your pack or you go through some type of injury, is there, I wonder, you know, it's one of the things that I teach is that if you are in perfectly aligned mm-hmm. position and you're going through range of motion, you should be able to yank on that thing as much as you possibly can, and you can't move it, but you're not yeah. going to get hurt. Right. In those situations, do you feel yourself compromising in some way or do you feel in some instability then boom? Or was it like I'm in perfect immaculate position mm-hmm. and I blew? You know, uh, so cause, uh, because the amount of force that you're putting into something like that is so high, yeah. uh, I don't know where the deviation ha- happened or has happened. You know, like there's obviously, like in my opinion... Uh, before the 600 pounds is where something else probably happened. You know, something yeah. something happened somewhere because the 600 pound lift it, it looks pretty much identical to all the other lifts I made. Right. Um, it was a little heavier, and it does get in your head. It's six 600 fucking pounds. And it's going to be over top of your body. Yeah. Uh, as you're trying to lift it, and it is a little bit of like a life and death death uh, type of deal. Yeah. Um, with what you're saying is fairly correct in terms of uh, somebody going for like multiple repetitions and for somebody possibly not going for like a like a personal best. Yeah, I would say that occasionally on a personal best, <laughs> we can kind of we still want to examine what the fuck happened and try to figure out where the the issue really is. Um, However, it's not as simple as just positioning. It's not as simple as was your positioning similar to where you were before. It's kind of more about uh, has your positioning become more compromised over a period of time and you didn't really notice it. Right. And I think that's sort of what happened to me is that uh, I might have been, you know, as Kelly Surrett kind of refers to it all the time, he says you're, you're kind of missing a corner, missing a little piece, mm. you're missing a little degree uh, of, yeah. uh, you know, internal rotation. And so that very well could have been uh, something that led to uh, the pec tear. The second time I got hurt was basically just because I was on a shitty bench and it was a reckless mistake on my part. Um, somebody my with my training years should not not have done. Yeah. Uh, I should have you know done the, done a lift for three reps. I should have done it a little bit more controlled. 
uh, but I was feeling like a monster and I was moving very fast. Some advice I would give to people so they don't get hurt is um, anyone who is trying to get stronger, your your body does does an absolutely horrific job, a terrible fucking job of telling you how it feels. <laughs> the information that you get from your body uh, can be great when you're doing something like a warm-up, when you're doing things slowly. Um, maybe you go to, you know, kick your leg to try to do like kind of a dynamic movement for your hamstring slash hip. And you're like, oh shit, okay, the hamstring's a little tight. I'm going to have to figure out something for today to, to kind of remedy that because I got deadlifts scheduled for the day. All those things, they work pretty good. Um, determining whether you're sick, determining whether you have a fever, um, you're kind of feeling yourself out in those ways usually works pretty good. Um, but then there's also the occasion of like, you know, where Michael Jordan has the flu and he scored like 45 points. You know, there's that right. legendary football game that he had. Um, there's a story of Joe Montana kind of with the same thing and other athletes um, where they're in this condition of being under the weather and they still perform out of their mind. So the body doesn't do as great a job. You know, they kind of say like if you're thirsty that you're already dehydrated. Sure. The body's like a little behind on certain things. And I think I think that uh, one of the issues that we have that we run into, it, it may not actually be the body's fault. It might be more of our mind's fault. Yeah. Uh, because our mind... Every day is a goddamn battle with your with your brain, because your brain is trying to talk you out of shit all day long. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, you should skip breakfast and just kind of hang out here longer. And uh, you know, it, it's it, every day. Why don't we check out Instagram? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? You know, and there you are fucking around, and you missed half your day because your brain talked you out of a bunch of stuff. Right. <laughs> your your brain, you know, it'll do all kinds of fucked up stuff to you. Um, however, as athletes. We try to control that as much as we can. You, you know, as uh, you know, as a young kid playing football, coach says, "How do you feel?" I feel fucking great, coach. You know, and and maybe you're you know you just blew up your shoulder or you just right. you got a stinger because you, you hit your neck weird, but you're not going to tell the coach that because you want to get out on the field. Right. So you start to kind of condition yourself for this stuff. And uh, when I go to do five hundred five uh, for five reps at bodybuilding.com uh, with my team. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, how do I feel? Okay, let's be smart about this. So how do I feel? I do 405, boom, I smash 405. I throw up 455 stronger and faster than I've ever done before. How, I, how I'm interpreting how I feel, especially with a the crowd, there's people cheering. There's, uh, we're on Facebook Live. There's like 200,000 people watching. Really exciting environment. They crank up some music. So me trying to be in tune with how my body feels is not right. not the best recipe uh, for me to have success. Oh. And so what I've learned from that and what I'm trying to share in a very long-winded way is to have stuff planned out and don't deviate too much from your plan. If you're going to deviate from your plan at all, it's got to be it's got to be very minor uh, variation of may, maybe you do an extra set or maybe you do. You know, it's, it can only be a tiny variation. You can't be like, I feel great today. I'm going to fucking go for it. Yeah. Um, because uh, especially at a higher level, that can lead to injury. So yeah. that's my experience with it anyway. And, you know, it's um, <clears throat> it's been something that I'm trying to learn from. And, and getting injured multiple times, I took a step back and I'm like, okay, uh, I did things this way and I got hurt. And then I started over, 
and I did things the same way again, and then I got hurt again. So this time, maybe I should try something a little different. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on now, and that's why I have a massage therapist, I have an active release therapist, I'm trying to do more stuff on my own, I'm trying to warm up more, I am trying to do my best. Does that ensure that I'm not going to get hurt? Absolutely not. This sport is dangerous, and getting hurt is can be part of it at times. Yeah. I'll let you go here um, just because it's late. You probably want to go to sleep and all that stuff. Um, but the one thing I wanted to, wanted to mention I thought would be kind of interesting is, is, again, the psychological component to pick and heavy stuff off mm-hmm. of the ground, but expanding yourself in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's like, like you were mentioning kind of the, the psyche part. And Tim Noakes, have you heard of the, the uh, governor theory? Mm-hmm. It's something that is, so essentially if you see when someone's running a long race, when you get to the end of the race, no matter what's happening, <coughs> you feel awesome. Yeah. You know, so your psychology mm-hmm. is kind of governing our physiology gotcha. and our ability to output. You know, a right. car fell on my child, a little lady picks it up. Yeah, you know, so I wonder, do you feel like you've tapped into anything to kind of hack that central governor for yourself to kind of expand your shell a bit? Um, you know, the main thing is uh you know, is to be around like-minded people, right? And to be around people that have similar goals. That's why every every person that is in this gym, everybody competes in powerlifting. Right. We occasionally have visitors and stuff, and what they do and stuff is we don't care too much. But they don't have to be a competitive powerlifter just to visit the gym. But everyone that's a member here, uh, Super Training Gym, by the way, is free. Uh, for those of you that don't know, but. Uh, you got to be around like-minded people. If there's a weak link uh, in, in the fence, it, it's we're not going to be as strong, you know. And so um, we, and I don't mean I don't mean physically weak. That's I'm not talking about that at all because I don't care where someone's strength level is. Uh, people don't even have to be that strong to even train here. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's you know only for the top level. Well, everybody starts somewhere. You let me pick up some stuff. Uh, we, we shouldn't be talking about that right now. Oh, Our team's going to be pissed. Right. Um, you know, so you know, somebody might think, "Oh man, I only only deadlift you know two fifty or something or two seventy five. That's pathetic." You know, I I we don't view it that way. Uh, to me, it's 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 not about where you start, but where you finish. And if somebody's able to progress uh, fifty pounds, hundred pounds, that's still fifty pounds, hundred pounds further ahead than they were before. Sure. Um, you know, we have a saying in here, you know, a bunch of sayings in here, really. Um, but one that I've gravitated towards probably the most is uh, that if you walk with the lame, you'll develop a limp. And we, we don't have time. We don't have time to slow down. We don't have time to um, have people that are going to be negative. We don't have time to have people in here that aren't going to help progress us. And so mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you're in a race and... Uh, you race uh, five people that are slower than you, um, you probably won't run your best race. You yeah. probably won't run your best time. If you race against five people that are faster than you, even though you lost and came in dead last, you'll probably run the best time of your life. Right. And, and that's what we're after here. And I, I, It's my mission to make the world a better place to lift, which is something I say all the time. And uh, with the members inside this gym, I want to make them stronger than me. That makes me want to be better. That makes me uh, more hungry yeah. uh, towards improving. And you know, some guys, you, you're just you're just not going to be able to hang with some people. That's just the way life goes. You know, whether it's uh, 
being rich or having the prettiest woman or whatever the hell it may be, uh, there's going to be parts that you're not going to be able to compete in. And um, recognizing that, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, we had a guy here recently, uh, his first powerlifting meet, he went in and deadlifted 755 pounds. I've been lifting my whole life. And uh, he and I deadlifted um, in, tra- in a training session together. And he was, he's been here for, at this point, he was here for like three months. And uh, I deadlift 715, and so does he. You know, he, he did the same amount of weight that I did in that particular training session. And not only did he do the same amount of weight as me, he did it without a belt. And he also did it a lot easier than I did. So I was like, fuck. But, you know, part of why I'm here is to make people better than me. I want to be able to coach people and teach people uh, things that I didn't know when I was younger. Right. This guy is 24, 25 years old. And uh, even if I lift more, so is he. And so I don't think he's going anywhere. He's probably going to uh, continue to uh, kick my ass. Another great quote that my dad has uh, taught me is part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. And yeah. it's, it makes life a lot easier when you view things that way. It's like, okay, well, Mark, you got a podcast. Okay, well, you have a podcast. It's okay. Your podcast does a certain thing. Mine does a certain thing. And we can still be friends and we can still be on each other's podcast. Right. There's no reason for me to try to do ballet like you do, and there's no reason <laughs> for you to try to come in here and coach everybody in powerlifting and try to win an eating contest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Although you look like you could eat a lot of food. I try to eat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tall, tall people can usually wolf down some food pretty yeah. good. Well, uh, before I drop off, though, I wanted to say one more thing, because you were talking about uh, lifting devices such as belts. Yeah slingshots wrist yeah, wraps yeah. those kinds of things yeah and tell what the slingshot is as well please that'd be and you said you like to lift naked and i said that's <laughs> awkward and you said here's a video and i started watching i forced it. you to watch <laughs> you forced me to watch it for two hours yeah. best video i've ever seen yeah, that was good <laughs> uh slingshot supportive upper body device for bench press push-ups dips uh something i invented um somewhere along the line of, of me tearing something <laughs> at some point and um, it allows you to handle more weight for more reps and more sets, uh, which gives you more overall volume, which allows you to get stronger. Uh, slingshot's also good for push-ups, and uh, we've had a lot of women that, that can't do one push-up. When they put the slingshot on, they use it for several weeks, uh, not only because the slingshot's assisting them through a push-up, but because they're in a push-up position for a longer period of time, they're able to stabilize their core and not sag in so much, kind of right. in that... Uh, Gets you over the hump. Yeah, that low back region and, and the hips where you see people kind of ha- uh, sagging towards the floor. Uh, it's also going to improve your form a little bit. Um, but we've had women go from doing zero push-ups uh, to being able to do 21 push-ups. So the, the cool thing about it is, is that the product um, not only helps you when you're wearing it, but when you take it off, you'll be stronger as well. And that kind of leads into the next thing, um, a lot of people think that equipment or lifting devices um, can can be a, you know so can assist you so much that they could take away from the lift uh, potentially or take away from what it is you're trying to do and uh, you know through research or through science um, it'd be very debatable either way. On which, you know, on which would be better, uh, to lift without anything or to lift with something. Um, however, some of the research that's been done on like something like lifting straps, 
where you basically are using lifting straps to uh, help improve your grip for back training. It has been shown time and time again that the usage of lifting straps increases your strength and increases your muscle mass. So while it is uh, taking away from you utilizing your grip, it is also protecting you from overuse injuries uh, of the forearms and elbows and bicep tendons, uh, which are just so common in bodybuilding and powerlifting. So there's a time and place for each thing. Yeah. And if you're going in and, and you're doing a you're doing a circuit, you know, you're, you're bouncing around from one movement to another, and you don't feel like taking the time to kind of throw on a belt or do some of these different things, I don't, I don't think there's a, any issue with that at all. I think it's fine. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to learn to stabilize yourself, I think without the usage of a belt, I think all those things are good. However, whenever you have the opportunity to lift more weight, and whenever you have the opportunity to lift more weight uh, safely, I don't want to say uh, that it would be more safe or anything like that, but anytime you have an opportunity to, to do something uh, safely, and anytime you have a chance to overload, it's a great opportunity uh, for your body because you're not, if we were only training the muscular system, then maybe I would be more in favor of never wearing a belt. Um, but, uh, well, even with that, because we can't, we, either way, you can't afford to be hurt sure. is the main thing. And what we're trying to train as powerlifters is our central nervous system. And our nervous system needs uh, quite a bit of stimulus for us to really grow. Um, we're not going to grow. We're not going to do a whole lot with 50% of our max. 60% of our max is usually not usually not enough to register either. Hmm. Normally, where we make our money is uh, between the 75 and 90% range, uh, depending on the person. Everybody's a little different. Having said that, now we're talking about 75%. 75% of what? You know, depending on what we're lifting. So if it starts to be 75% of 500 pounds, we're starting to talk about a pretty good amount of weight on your body multiple times a week because we do squat and deadlift in the same week. Um, and then we're also talking about uh, there's 52 weeks in a year. That's 104 times of the year that we're loading the spine and that we're loading this. You know, you start to add up the reps and the sets and the poundage that we're using. Uh, it starts to make a little bit more sense to wear something like a lifting belt. Um, when you put a lifting belt on, have you worn a lifting belt before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you put a lifting belt on, it's a big mistake to try to really get anything out of the belt. Right. That's where I think people make the mistake, is they're trying to jam the thing on so tight that they're trying to have the belt do everything for them. And if you watch them lift, especially if you get a side angle from somebody, a lot of times they're just dumping all that energy their lower back is sagging right into that belt. Right. And you're watching it and you're like, you know, if, if it's a guy at a powerlifting meet and it's his first time doing an 800 pound deadlift or 900, it's something crazy, then that's that guy's goal and he's made up his mind on, on what it is he wants to do with his life. He's probably okay with blowing out his back, uh, you know, even though it could, could, uh, could be a career ender. Because um, those are just choices people make. People make uh, choices with different sports. They're all dangerous. And uh, there's always going to be some sort of compromise that, that happens. 
but the usage of a lifting belt can be uh, really beneficial. Um, it's just a matter of not clamping the damn thing down so tight that it's uh, restricting your breathing. Right. We were talking about it earlier. The bre- you know breathing is obviously extremely important, and being able to stabilize your core and stabilize your body. Um, but the the truth about uh, any of this assistance stuff, where whether it's a lifting belt or a pair of wrist wraps or a knee sleeve or any of these things, normally, I mean, under most circumstances. Uh, anyone who's using those things is much stronger than people that aren't using it. Mm. And, and not only are they stronger, they're stronger with or without the usage of the belt. So mm. the belt's going to give you an opportunity. Again, if you were just to kind of sit down and, and add something up, you know, like you took 400 pounds and say you were able to deadlift 400 pounds uh, for three reps, uh, for three sets of three every single week for the whole year. And it's not that's nine total reps times 52 times the amount of weight you lifted and so on, you add that up versus being able to lift 425 pounds with the usage of a belt or 415 pounds, whatever the difference, whatever the amount of extra weight you could handle, even if the weight isn't that significantly more, that's gonna really fucking add up yeah. over the course of that year. And you're also gonna be a little safer because you have the belt on. A lifting belt is not something that's just for your lower back. It helps support your entire core. It's something that can help protect all the way from your toes all the way up to your nose because, as we know, everything's connected. Sure. And if we're able to brace a little bit more um, and we're able to get a little bit tighter, that's exactly what we're looking for. And so the usage of a belt can be uh, highly effective. It's not just something for your lower back. It's actually... If you're not using your stomach properly, the belt won't really do a whole lot for you. You have to kind of breathe into the belt. So, mm. and it gives you that feedback. You know, right. That's something. It's kind of like having a coach, or sometimes mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in like pretty much every day, I'll put right. a band around people's knees and right. say, "Okay, I really want you to create that external rotation throughout right. your hips and really engage the glutes and really secure yeah. the band." It's that band allows for the feedback. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just something like that you were mentioning with the push-ups. Yeah getting you to the point where you can teach your nervous system the motion mm-hmm. that's really important absolutely you know versus potentially maybe the person's too weak to ever even get into that formation so they're not going to actually true. get to learn it so that makes sense yeah the lifting belt doesn't have to be some big overbearing you know it doesn't have to like power lifting belt a lot of times they're 13 millimeter and they're crazy crazy thick um you can just you can get a belt from anywhere a 10 millimeter belt is uh is ideal in my opinion for kind of heavier lifts, but um, you can just get like those really thin, you know, those really thin thin belts that you see a lot of people wearing. It's just that with those thinner belts, you have to be careful that you're not. It, it shouldn't be like a boa constrictor around your waist. Right. It shouldn't be making your waist uh, eight inches smaller. Yeah, it should be something that you put on. It uh, you know sucks your stomach in a little bit, but you're really able to push out against it, and you're able to breathe very easily with it on. Right. Where do people find your your uh, podcast, all that stuff? But. Yeah, uh, so my podcast is called Mark Bell's Powercast, and we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, <clears throat> we're also on YouTube. Um, my YouTube channel is youtube.com backslash supertraining06. Uh, I've been doing YouTube before YouTube existed on something called PutFile, <laughs> mm. which is debunked, does not around anymore. Um, but I've been doing videos since 2007, and I'd like to thank all my fans out there because I recently went over 200,000 subscribers on 
YouTube. Right. It took me a long ass fucking time. Make sure you share my shit so people can uh, be more aware of what the fuck's going on over here. Uh, we've had the best lifters in the world and some of the best had some of the best company here uh, at Super Training Gym. So make sure you check that out on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell, and I think that's about it. I'll send you my uh, two-hour naked deadlift video for your YouTube. Yeah, channel. <laughs> that was shocking. I was not expecting. I was not expecting that. It was shorter than I expected. Oh. <laughs> Last thing, check out howmuchyoubench.net for slingshot and other protective gear. Cool, man. Thanks so much. There we go. Appreciate it, brother. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and a massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.